Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Right on time, Rob. We are learning Maseches Ksubos Daf Ayin, and we're starting at the two dots toward the bottom of Samachtes Amud Beis. This Gemara seems to be coming out of the middle of nowhere, and the Gemara tells a story about a man named Ilfa. Ilfa was a contemporary of Rav Yochanan, and they were both uh, in the running for a particular rabbinic role, and they're both similar in their <clears throat> um, in their knowledge and in their uh, in their skills. So the Gemara then tells the story in the aftermath. Ilfa, Talanafshe, he hanged himself, not literally, he put himself on the top of the mast of a sailboat, all the way up at the top. And he said, If anybody can ask me a question from something that I learned in Revchia and Revoshia, then I won't be able to answer you. Down to the source. This is the Mishnah. This is whatever it is. I'm going to fall from this mast and let myself drown in the water. There's a famous story about Rav Moshe Feinstein. He was sitting in the sukkah and somebody asked him a question. And he said, the story goes, I don't remember all of the the Pirte Prate, but it's a shach in Yoradeh and this sim and Sif Katan X. And somebody said back to him, it's not Sif Katan X, it's Sif Katan Y. And Rav Moshe Feinstein got up and he went inside from the sukkah, he went inside the house, and he looked it up and he came back and he said, I was correct, it's Sifkatan X. So my high, why is Moshe Feinstein like handling? Because the answer is it Talmud uh, Oviyado. If you are Moshe Feinstein, we are honestly, we have the same <laughs> to know the shachs and tazas. But if you're answering Shilas for the tzibor, you need to know everything, klor. Everything has to be mamish like mechudadin lefanecha. So here the Gemara says that this person, Ilfa, said about himself that he was holding cup. He said he remembered everything. Could you imagine saying that? I remember everything I learned in yeshiva. That's incredible. Just even, even the lie is so unreasonable that it has to be true. No one can pull it, can get away with that. It's it's not even the kind of lie that you would say because it's like, okay, fine, you're funny. No. And, he, and then they tested it. Asahu Saba. There was an older gentleman. He's like, I got this. I got this. Tanale, he quoted the following Brisa. If a man says that as part of the Yerusha, his children should get a shekel per week, but really, but really they deserve or need more money. The halacha is they give a larger portion, a sella is two, uh, two coins instead of one, so they give that larger portion. However, um, if he was very specific in the language, if he, if he said generally, give him a shekel, but really they needed two. So then they give him two. If his language was very specific, three lines from the bottom, the language, the specificity of the language was too much. And we therefore, we therefore can only give one shekel. If he said, if the boys, if the children will have uh, died, then then others can inherit in their place. Whether or not his language was general about the shekel or very specific about the shekel. So uh, no big deal. He's standing at the top of the mast and there's like calling out through a, through a megaphone, you know, this whole Mishnah. He's like, don't worry. I know who authored this Mishnah. Amar Leh, money? I can tell you who authored this Mishnah. No problem. Turning to the top of Ayin Amad Aleph, Reb Meirhi, the Amar Mitzvah Lekayim Divrayamez. That in the Seifa of the Mishnah, when the case was that the father was about to die and then the sons were about to die, this complex case, so there we, whatever the mace says, we do. And he said, give them a shekel, even in a general way and not a very specific phrase. We trust him because Mitzvah Lekayim Divrayamez.
Amar of Chizda, that's not really how we paskin. Amar of Chizda, Amar Marukva, Hilchasa, Bain Shamar Tnu, Bain Shamar Al Titnu, Nosnen Lahem Kotzorcham. We do not give them one shekel, we give them whatever they need. Breaking the principle, seemingly, of mitzvah l'kaim divrei ames. So the Gemara asks accordingly, I don't understand. Hakaim alon, halacha kirameir, damar mitzvah l'kaim divrei ames. So how can you say we give them kol tzorcham? After all, that's not true. We have to follow whatever the mace is. So it says, Gemara, hanimili, when do we say that this is true? B'mili achar This is true in other areas of halacha, but it's not true here. Aval beha, meinach nichaluhu. The kids should get whatever they want. Aye, but the father said, shekel and mitzvah l'kaim divrei ames. And the Gemara says, v'ha do'amar hachi, the reason he said that, it was a small amount of money, l'zruzin huhu de'asa, just to make sure that they would work hard to make money. I'll give you imagine, let's say that a parent um, in, in their Yerusha, they say to their kids, I'm giving you $14 a week for food. Come on, like that, that, that's not, that's not possible. That's not possible. It's just not enough food. Where's my protein? That's one sandwich at a restaurant. And even if I don't eat at a restaurant, I can't even buy a package of chicken for that. It's too expensive. So the Gemara is saying that when the father gave this small amount, it was meant to motivate the boys to find another source of income as well. Fine. So that's how the Gemara gets out of this. <clears throat> And that was the story of Ilfa standing up on the mast, and he got the answer to the question right, and he did not uh, fall to his death in the water. Tanan Hassam. We have a Mishnah that reads as follows Hapautos, which is young children in nine or ten, eight or nine years old, says Rashi. Mekhan Mekach, if they make a purchase, it's real. Umemkaran Memkar. And their sales are also valid, but only bimetaltalim, only with movable objects. Omar Rafram, Rafram qualifies this statement of the Mishnah, and Rafram says, Lo shanu sham aputropis. This is only true if there isn't a guardian for the for the bank account. Aputropis, if in fact there is a guardian for the bank account, then the transactions of a child are useless. Says the Gemara Mimai, how do we know this to be true? Says the Gemara, because we learned this a couple of days ago, yesterday, that when a child does something, their actions are irrelevant. Says the Gemara, maybe, maybe when there's an apotropist, maybe when there's a third party helping out, maybe the laws should be different. Says the Gemara, had that been true, then say that. In Cain, listen, what should the Mishnah have said? It doesn't say that. That a, a child who has an apotropis is, is irrelevant, and a child who doesn't have an apotropis, he does have the capacity of making certain kinyana. Hadron Isha Baruch Hashem, we finished another parak in Shasi Ratzon. We should come back to this daf in about seven and a half years. The, with the basin Mikdash standing. The new parak opens, the parak of Hamadir. The new, Mishnah, Perak, uh, the new Mishnah in the Perak opens with three different but similar cases. If a man makes a nether that his wife should not have any benefit from him, Rashi highlights right away, He is not restricting her from the Hanav Tashmishamita. He's not allowed to restrict her from that. That is a fundamental obligation. So if a man says out loud in front of the whole Lifnei Am Va'eda, I hereby forbid my wife from the Hanav Tashmashamita, and he says it, Belashem Shvua, it is dead in the water. Nothing even starts. You cannot make a Shvua, you cannot make a neder on something that you're Mechuyavan, and then you're, you want to undo your Chiyuv. You cannot undo your Chiyuvim. I was at a verse today, 
And the family said this to me as follows. Oh, they were talking about having babies. And they're like, I decided that, uh, this woman said, I decided I'm only going to have two kids. And then they said to me, well, how does it work in the Orthodox community? So I said, well, having children is a positive commandment. And just like any other positive commandment, your lack of desire to fulfill it doesn't change the realities on the ground that there's an obligation to have children. And the guy sitting next to me, total fry, totally fry. No, forget about Nokiba. They were eating literally corned beef with slices of Swiss, literally. This guy says to me, yeah, of course, like, of course, like on Friday night, you got to keep Shabbos. <laughs> okay, no. So anyways, the, the, uh, it was just fascinating to hear them talk about it. So Tash Mishamita is in the conversation here, that's for sure. He's Madras Ishto, and it's really from food. So if he says, you cannot benefit from any of the food that I have in my house, Ad Lamid Yom Yamid Parnas. If it's up to 30 days, then we can get a third person to make sure that that she gets food. Yes, Ermikan, but if it goes on to day 31, Yotzevi Tenksuba, the marriage is over. I don't know if this is a source for domestic abuse. I'm not exactly sure what uh, what the aspirations are yet. We'll see in the Gemara tomorrow what some of the underpinnings are of these halachos. Yam Yami Parnas, period, that we we bring that person an apotropis. The woman gets fed from a friend. The restriction is only from the husband. He's the one who said, you cannot benefit from my food. So the neighbor can feed her. That's fine. That's a parnas. And yes, Mikan, but if the if the restriction goes on more than 30 days, then Yosibi and Ksuba, the halacha is that they have to get divorced and she gets a Ksuba. And the Mishnah continues and argues with this sheet of the Tanakama. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, it depends. If the man is a Yisrael, if the husband is a Yisrael, since he can, in theory, remarry this wife if they get divorced, as long as she doesn't marry someone else in between, then then it can be up to a month, but not, not two months. The Kohen, if the man is a Kohen, it can be up to two months. We're going to learn about this machlokas another time, tomorrow and or the next day. Next case in the Mishnah, we're a little bit more than halfway down, two-thirds of the way down on Ayin Amidala. The Mishnah writes, A man who makes a neder, and we'll see momentarily that this is actually not him making the neder, because that's how the Rishonim explain it, that if a man makes a neder, that his wife should not eat a particular fruit. So what actually happened here? So the Rishonim explained, the woman said that she accepts upon herself, I will never eat an apple for the rest of my life. And she says it, Blush and Shvuah. Now, we know that the, hus- the husband has the right and the power to undo a woman's nether, but he didn't. He let it go. So what's the din? Yotzivi ten ksuba. Wow. Could you imagine? This is a simple transaction. I mean, obviously, we're going to have to learn this a little bit more in depth when we get into the Gemara. But let's say that, I don't know, I've probably said this before, I'll never eat kale. Right. So does that mean that uh, if my wife says I'll never eat kale and I'm not Mayfair Nidra, then we're divorced? Like that. So we'll have to see in the Gemara what's going on. But that's the sheets of the Tanakama that if a woman makes a neder not to eat a particular fruit and the husband doesn't undo the neder, the halacha is that they have to get divorced and she gets her ksuba. Rabbi Huda Omer, with a similar distinction as before, but with slight differences. Big Yisrael, if the husband is a Yisrael, Yom Echad Yekayim, this commitment of not eating the apple can last for a day. Shnaim Yotzebit. On the second day, then the marriage is over. And that's case number two. Case number three. That if a woman were to make a nether about herself that she won't use a particular type of perfume, particular type of uh, shampoo, whatever it is, 
and the husband doesn't undo the neder, same exact thing. Yotzi Whereas in the previous two cases, Rabbi Yehuda was the contrarian. Here it's going to be Rabbi Yossi. Omer If a woman is poor, then the halacha is shalona san kitzba. That's when a time frame wasn't given. Ube Ashirus, had she been wealthy, then the assumption of time before the ksuba would be, before the marriage would be over, would be shloshim yom. Now, going back to the very first case of the Mishnah, the case was where the husband had said to his wife, You hereby are not allowed to benefit from the food in my house. But the Gemara is very bothered by that because a husband is obligated to feed his wife. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. Because the husband is obligated to feed her, he has a burden to feed her. How does his neder get off the ground? You can't just make a neder. I, I hereby make a neder to not put on tefillin anymore. That, that's ridiculous. That's not a neder. That's just, that's gibberish. And he says, I don't want to feed my wife. Who cares what you're saying? It, that's ridiculous. You can't not feed your wife. That's your chiyuv in the, in the ksuba. So says the Gemara, does he have the power to just remove himself by making a neder from this burden to feed her? After all, we say about a woman, that if a woman says, I'm not, I make a neder that you, my husband, cannot get any of my proceeds, we don't have to undo that because her, her remarks were ridiculous. That's totally out of bounds. You're not allowed to say that. Alma, what did we learn from this brief Mishnah that we just learned about the woman saying to her husband, I don't want to give you my proceeds. And therefore, uh, her uh, her nether was a zero. Alma, what do we see from here? Since she has a burden to him to give over her salary, she's not allowed She's not allowed to make that neder because the neder doesn't undo her burden to give her salary to her husband. So hachanami, the same should be true in our Mishnah. How did we even get away with the claim in our Mishnah that the husband says, you, my wife, are not allowed to benefit from my food? How did, how did that even get off the ground? Hachanami, we should have said, since he is obligated to feed her in the ksuba, how did the whole thing work? We have a whole case in the Mishnah, Machlokas and the Tanoim. The whole case is a zero. How, how is it possible that a man can say to his wife, I'm not feeding you? That, that's not reasonable. In halachic terms, socially too as well, just might add while we're talking about it, but it, it's halachically a zero. Says the Gemara, here's answer number one. It's a svara, it's like a migu. Says the Gemara, Because in theory, a husband can say to her, don't give me your salary and feed yourself. In other words, the feeding of a, the husband's need to feed his wife is rooted in the fact that she's giving up her salary. So if the husband says, don't give me your salary and go knocking on the doors, take your salary, go to the stores, go buy yourself food. That works. That really does work. So therefore, as we turn to the top of Ayin Amid Beis, the Gemara suggests, it's as though he said to her, that's a great question. I think it could come up with this you know, arrangement, but it doesn't have to. Um, what I can tell you is that I know that there is a good answer because the Gemara's phraseology is very clear. This phraseology is crystal clear. Is that if he says, go take your money and go feed yourself, that works. 
So there has to be, there just has to be be'etzem that one offsets the other. Again, I don't know the lumdas because your question is excellent, but the, uh, the the answer is for sure right. The question is what are the steps to get to from point A to point B? So that's what the Gemara assumes that he is able in theory, he didn't say this. In theory, he can say, I'm not beating you. And therefore he can make a neder in our Mishnah because he can say, because in theory, I could get you off the books. So then I'm allowed to make a neder against you to say, that uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeding you, and says the Gemara. It didn't really happen. It's just a concept. It's like amigo because I could have said it. It says if I said it. Says the Gemara. Wait one second. That can't be. Why not? Because vim isa laha de Ravuna Amarav. If it's true what you're saying, then we will have the following problem with the statement of Ravuna Amarav. Damar Ravuna Amarav Yechola Isha Shete Amar Labayla Eini Nizones Veini Ose Konem Shani Ose Leficha. Why would we say in those cases that we learned on the previous page where a woman says, I don't want to give you money and I don't want your food. So why is it the Gemara says that she doesn't have to be Mayfair? Because in theory, Lema, what could she have argued? If we're taking the theoretical argument of what one could have argued, she could have argued the same exact thing, which is, hey, don't give me any food. I don't want it. But you're also not getting my salary. The same thing he's saying to her. She can say to him. But we don't see that. So therefore, the Gemara says we cannot use this theoretical construct of amigu in order to get to, to, uh, to explain our Mishnah. Remember what we're troubled by. How can a husband be madir his wife from food? That's his obligation. The Gemara wanted to say, well, maybe because in theory he could have uh, found a way to get her off the books. So therefore, even though he didn't get her off of books, but in theory he could, so he's allowed to make the nether. The Gemara says no, because in another similar case, she could have done the same thing. However, we still say that uh, that if she says that, that her nether is a zero, which shows you that we don't use the theoretical argument. So therefore, the Gemara moves on to answer number two. We're eight, nine lines down on Ayan Amadbez. And the Gemara says, don't say it's as though the husband said, I'm just going to not take your salary, but you go find your own food. Really, it's not rather no, he actually said it. It's the real deal. He got her off the books by saying out loud, hey, sweetheart, we're not doing this. I'm not taking your salary. Go shopping at Jewel by yourself. And that works. And because that works, therefore, in our mission, he can be Madir Hana against her. He actually said to her, goodbye, goodbye. Asks the Gemara, brilliant response, 10 lines down. If it's true that she's actually off the books, why do we need a third person to feed her? Our Mishnah said, hey, listen, you're going to go eat on your own. But if for the first 30 days while that happens, I'm going to appoint a Parnas to feed you. I'm going to appoint a third guy to feed you, a third, a third party company. Why do we need anyone to feed her if he took her off the books? If the husband has an obligation to feed her, he shouldn't be able to be Madir Hana. If the husband doesn't have an obligation to feed her, why do we care about having a third party to feed her? He gave her her salary back. Goodbye. There's no direct deposit anymore. Go shopping on your own. So the Gemara says, no, Bidilo Safka, there wasn't enough food. So says the Gemara, if there isn't enough food, then you, the husband, are obligated to feed her. And then you can't be Madir Hana again. Even the low Safka, if she didn't have enough food, then for sure you're not allowed to be Madir Hana because that's the Ksuba. The Ksuba says you have to feed her. Hadar Kushan Leduchte. The question goes right back to where we start. You want to say 
This whole cockamamie case, I took her off the books. Here's your salary. Go shopping at Jewel. Says the Gemara, what about the Parnas? I have to all of a sudden, why do I need a Parnas? Oh, she didn't have enough food. If she doesn't have enough food, you're chayef to feed her. And if you're chayef to feed her, you can't absolve yourself from that with a nether. You can't say, I know I'm obligated to feed you, but hooray, uh, I lie that I'm not going to. No, that doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. So we're right back to square one. This approach does not work at all. Says the Gemara, we can salvage it a quarter of the way down. Amar Avashi. She has enough money from her salary to buy the big things. She can get the chicken and she can get the salad. She can't get the Tic Tacs. She can't get the little, uh, the little things she buys in the kosher aisle, the Skittles bag that people grab when they walk down the kosher aisle. Those things she can't get. Says the Gemara, hold on one second. What are Dvarim Ketanim and what are Dvarim Gedolim? I just made up the distinction right now. <laughs> well, let's see. Hani Dvarim Ketanim Echidami. What is that? Idiregila Bahu. If it's something that she regularly buys, so then Harigila Bahu, because she regularly buys it, it becomes essential. Whatever it is, even if it's Tic Tacs, even if it's sunflower seeds, it doesn't matter. And therefore, the husband would be obligated. Be the low Regila Bahu. And if she doesn't normally need this food, she doesn't normally buy this food. Parnas Lamale. Why does she have to get that food from the Parnas? It still doesn't make sense. We still haven't threaded the needle yet here. So it says the Gemara, She grew up on Tic Tacs. They're not a key food. The chicken is the key food. She grew up on the Tic Tacs. That's great. When she grew up, when she got married, her husband hates mint. So they didn't buy the Tic Tacs that she wanted. So what did she do? She went along. Okay. We're always Mavatar for our, for our spouses. You don't like the Tic Tacs? I'll stop buying the Tic Tacs. The Umrale, but now she's going to argue something a little different. Up until this point, my dear husband, when you weren't making a nether against me, I went along with you for the Dvarim Ketanim. You don't like Tic Tacs? I didn't buy it because I'm a nice wife and I, and I somewhat like you. But now that you're being a jerk and you're going to make a nether against me, I am no longer going to roll with the punches. I want my Tic Tacs. The small foods that I like, I'm no longer playing your games anymore. You're making a nether against me. I'm not being the nice girl anymore. And I want my, my foods, all of them, the ones I grew up with, everything that my mother makes. My mother, this is Cheryl Karish, bless her heart. My mother makes Southern fried chicken and leaves it out on the counter overnight Friday night. I grew up like that. I didn't know it was weird to leave chicken out on the counter overnight. I got married. My wife, we've been married. She's got almost 20 years. She's never taken a bite of Southern fried chicken in my house. Why? Because we leave it out overnight. We were all, we came, all came out. Okay. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. It's the same exact thing. I'm willing to go along with your crazy family things. No problem. As long as you, you're going to make a netter on me, I'm throwing the book at you. I'm throwing the book at you. So that's what's happening over here. And this actually works. The Gemara accepts this as the threaded needle for what we're looking for. We're looking for a scenario where a husband can actually be Madir Hana and where the woman still needs a Parnas. What is that? That is this case over here where she has something that she's used to eating at from before she was married and then her husband restricted her. Good. What's the deal with the 30 days? Where did that come from? Because our Mishnah said that up to 30 days, no problem. 31 days, divorced. So it says the Gemara, a third of the way down, So the Gemara gives a political answer. People don't hear about things that happen in people's homes for the first 30 days. It doesn't denigrate her in public. Once you get to past a month, we assume rumors are up to a month. More than that, that's, uh, it's embarrassing for her. It's just not right. Your husband won't feed you. 
what's wrong with you guys? That's not normal. That's embarrassing. So the Gemara assumes 30 days is the line in the sand after which the social pressure is unfair to her. And therefore, and it's amazing to think about this, because according to this Svara of the Gemara, the reason they're getting divorced isn't because the husband restricted her from food. It's because it's embarrassing that he restricted her from food. Not the food, it's the busha. Okay, that's a side point. And now we're two lines before the wide lines. The Gemara presents another reasonable answer, and that is as follows. Ibaisema, there's another way to understand how it is that he could have been Madir Hana. Ibaisema Shehidira Shehi Arusa. He made the nether when they were engaged. When they're engaged, is he obligated to feed her? Arusa, mi Islam Izone, says the Gemara. Under certain circumstances, absolutely. What's that? We learned this already earlier in the Masechta. What? Multiple times, three times, I think. Twice? Bays, eh, we got three three on the side. Uh, I missed uh, two. I looked at the top. That's how I knew it was three. Well, I didn't remember them. I remember the topic. We know, of course, there was a major distinction between the halachic betrothal, between the Kedushan and the actual Nisun. And if the time came to get married and he said, I'm not ready to get married. So he gives man velonisu. Under those circumstances, then a man is obligated to feed his to feed his arusa. It's not. He gives man velonisu. Even if he's a Kohen and she's a Bas Yisrael, she gets to eat from the holy foods. And in this case, the answer also works. According to this answer about the Arusa, why did they come up with 30 days? That's not embarrassing if she's an Arusa. It's not embarrassing for her. They're not married yet. Says the Gemara. When we give Shlichus to someone, when we give someone the uh, responsibility to do something, we assume that up to 30 days they'll do their Shlichus. But we're concerned that the apotropis will fall off a cliff of responsibility after 30 days and she won't be fed. Maybe there's another possible answer. So answer number one, we rejected. Answer number two, we accepted. Answer number three, we accepted. Let's try answer number four. And then we'll get to the two dots here. We're going to go right to the top of the page on Ayin Aleph. I'm at Aleph at the top, and then we'll stop halfway down. Three lines into the wide lines. Answer number four. No, she, uh, she, uh, there was a, uh, a nether made against her. It was when she was engaged, and then she got married. Red flag. If your husband's going to tell you when you're engaged that I don't want to feed you, you probably shouldn't go through it with the marriage. It's a red flag. But she did. Says the Gemara, Nises, if in fact she went through the marriage and she actually got married, she knew exactly what she was getting into because when she was dating, her husband put this restriction on her. You walked down the aisle, you took the ring. That's uh, that's on you. <laughs> that, at that point, we can't say anymore that that, that, that that case is unfair to her. Why is that unfair? She knew exactly what she was getting into, says the Gemara. The Umrah, she said, I thought I was able to hack it. I get a little bit of food from my parents' house. I go to my, this woman says, I go to my girlfriend's house. We have salad on Tuesdays. I'll figure it out. No big deal. But Asham, now that I'm married, says the Gemara, when do we say this? We give a svara like this in regards to movement. Would we ever say this in regards to money, that in regards to food, that I didn't know if I needed food to survive from my husband. It's weird. That's not, not normal. We therefore have to go back and accept one of the two answers that actually worked, which was answer number two and answer number three. So we had asked, just to summarize this section of the Gemara, we had asked, how is it that a man can be Madir uh, Hana, his, Madir, his wife from Hana for food? 
And at the same time, why would we need a Parnas? And the Gemara answered two different answers. The first answer that worked was 10 lines down on Ayin Amid Aleph, where the Gemara had said, we're talking about a case of a man who actually said to his wife, get off of the books. And on the, on the flip side, the reason we needed Parnasa was because there were some foods from her mother's house that she didn't get to have. And the next answer that works was a case of an Arusa, where a man uh, told an Arusa that she is not allowed to benefit from any food. Let's move on. The Gemara says a little bit more than halfway down, six lines into the wide lines at the two dots, says the Gemara, we had just said, up until 30 days, uh, during those 30 days, the husband is restricted from feeding his wife directly, but he can feed her through a third party. Asks the Gemara a question which should be irking us. If I am the jerk and I say to my wife, I really like you sometimes, and right now I don't like you, and I'm not feeding you this week. I'm not feeding you this month. But don't worry, I asked the neighbors to feed you. Come on. That's shlichus. Shlichus aladam kamoso. So why would we say that the establishment of a third party to feed his wife during the time that he was madir her from eating? That's the same thing. I, I said to the father today, would you like to do the bris or would you like me to do the bris? His wife interrupted and said, you'll be doing the bris. <laughs> I said, no problem. The shlichus has now been issued. I actually made the father say it to me because it's not her mitzvah. I said, dad, do you agree with your wife? He said, I appoint you to be my messenger. Shlichus kamoso. So over here, uh, sweetheart, you can't eat anything, but don't worry. Don't worry. The, the, the Scotty Shea lives next door. He'll feed you all as well. Why isn't that shlichus? Why, why does a parnas solve any problems? That doesn't make any sense. Because I didn't say to person X, please feed my wife. What I did is I said out loud, I walked onto my porch and I said, anyone who feeds my wife will not lose out. Namely, if you feed my wife, I'll pay you for it. That's what basically is happening in the background. So because I wasn't specifically appointing a shaliach, so therefore... So therefore, it works, and it's not considered shlichus. And therefore, he hasn't violated his mudar hana against his wife. These are real shilas in poskim. Let's say that a father reneges on his opportunity to do a bris. Bezdin takes over and does the bris. Does the father get the mitzvah for bris milah? L'chorah not. L'chorah not. Baby is gemalt, but, but the bris, it's a mitzvah, but it's a tzivui of the father, so it's a good Shaila and Lamdus as to how we, how we approach that. It's the same exact thing in, in this case here. He's not saying I'm feeding. I'm not, I, if anybody wants to feed her, they can, I'll pay you for it. I'm just, I, I'm not appointing anyone. That's not Shlichus. Shlichus is specific appointment. You, person X, please do this activity for me. You're going to, Rabbi Robinson's going to blow shofar for us. Rabbi Robinson, he'll say, I'm, I'm going to have in mind, you have me in mind also. Shlichus, done. But let's say that I say in concept, I don't care who blows shofar. Anyone who blows shofar, I'll pay you for it. So then according to this Gemara, you would not be Yotzeh. Why? Because I didn't specifically appoint you as my shliach. The Gemara says, And when he says this, Why isn't that considered to be shlichus anyways? You want to tell me that the general comment of, hey, if somebody's willing to feed this woman, they won't lose out, that that's considered to not be shlichus? Really? That's not. A man falls into a pit. And he says, Kola shomea. Kolo, anyone who can hear this voice, yichtov get ishto. They're allowed to write a get for his wife. So what's happening? This guy's at the bottom of a pit. He's being stung by scorpions right and left. He screams up, write my wife again. My name is, uh, my name is Plony Almoni. Write my wife again. I know I'm going to die, but they're not going to find me. Write my wife. So that if anybody hears that, they're allowed to write a get. And in that case, it worked. That's considered valid. It's just no, no different than the case of Kol Hazan, 
Eino Mafsid, says the Gemara, these two cases are apples and oranges. The case of the man in the bottom of the pit screaming at the top of his lungs is very different than the case of a man who says, Hazan es, the, the, anyone, kol hazan es ish, at, at this woman, anyone who feeds her, what's the language? Kol hazan that's different. Hasam, over there in regards to the case of the get, Hasam ka'amar yichtov, he said, someone should please write the get. But hacha mikamar yazun, nobody said the active verb word of go feed her, the tzivui, go feed her. Nobody said that. So therefore, the cases are not common. So therefore, the Gemara now has seemingly two categories. We have cases with specific information and cases with general information. If a man says, person X, please feed my wife, that's shlichus. And you're not allowed to do that if you're a mudar hanaf. You made a nether, your wife can't benefit from your food, you can't send a shlich. If you say, kol hazan, a broad comment, and somebody hears you and they want to make a buck, great, go for it, no problem. That's kiwi food. I'm going to give you all of this food and I'm going to go make money on the backside. I'll, I'll collect from the husband. And in the case of the get, that is considered shlichus because he said yichtov. The language was stronger. Ask the Gemara two-thirds of the way down. Rabbi Ami says, but when there's a fire on Shabbos, when there's a fire on Shabbos, so we're not supposed to put out fires unless it's pikuach nefesh. Get everybody out of the house. Okay, you lose the house, you'll get an insurance claim, but we're not really supposed to be putting out fires. Again, you have to make a cheshben. It's not so simple, but uh, some you can pour water around the fire so that the fire will be extinguished indirectly. But the malach on Shabbos can only be done for pikuach nefesh. So the Gemara says, in that case of Adleika, he lomar kol mafsid. You're allowed to go outside and say to the to the goyim and say, hey, Amir laakum is It's mutter over here. Can you guys? No one's going to lose out. No one's going to lose out for doing the Same. It's very similar to kol hazan. We said kol hazan is not shlichus. What about this? What does it mean that it's allowed? Isn't this to exclude the case of Kol Hazan? Says the Gemara, no. Lo. What was being excluded over here about Amir La'akum on Shabbos? The Mu'ute Shari Surim de Shabbos. To say you can only do that with this. You can't do Amir La'akum for everything. There's a pressing need here. The pressing need is that the community is about to burn down or the house is about to burn down. No Pikuach Nefashos again, obviously. If there's Pikuach Nefashos, put out the fire. No problem. But if there isn't Pikuach Nefashos, so then. Uh, but, so Masi Rava, Rava asks, wait one second. A person who says, uh, you know, my, my, my dear friend, John, you're not allowed to eat anything from me. And I go, uh, I go into the store and I feel bad for John. I made him a nether. The guy is totally he's starving. Says the Gemara, I can go over to a chenveni, a storekeeper who I know regularly. I, I shop at his store all the time. It's a mom and pop shop. This guy is not allowed to benefit from me. What can I do? I'm not allowed to feed him. Wink, wink. This guy, I made a nedr that John can't benefit from me. I walked into a store and said, John is going hungry. Whatever shall we do? And really, he was basically hinting that the other guy should pay for it. So here's what the Gemara says should happen in the Brisa. Who knows saying lo? Uvo v'not The chenveni, the storekeeper can feed John, no problem. And then he can collect from the man who's a mudar hana, which means that's not shlichus. If I walk in the store and say, wow, whatever shall be, this person looks so hungry. I, I could even pay for it and it wouldn't be shlichus as long as it's indirect. says the Gemara, in this case, that's considered permissible. Aval kol hazan, but in the case of kol hazan eno mafsid, that seems to not be permissible. And therefore, back to our question, you know, that means kol hazan seems to be shlichus. Says the Gemara, really, lo mi boyakama. Huh? 
Yeah, the first logo is to the first one. Lomi Boyakama. Really, there's two things being taught here. Lomi Boyakolhazanomafsid. I don't even mean to tell you the case of Kolhazan de la Alma Kamar that was said generally. But in the case of the Chenveni, I might have argued that maybe because I'm friends with the guy who owns the store, because I go there all the time, it's basically like me saying, just put it on my tab. That's not the case. And therefore, both of these cases would be viable. And in both of these cases, it is not considered shlichus. We're asking a really fundamental question here about how shlichus works. And the Gemara is concluding that shlichus without specificity is not shlichus. It doesn't count. If I walk into a room as the father of a baby and say, anyone who circumcises my kid, great. That's not shlichus according to the Gemara. Shlichus requires specificity. It requires me saying, I want you to be the Moel. I want you to be the Baltokea. And that's when it actually works. We will, uh, let's learn this quickly. It's just a brysa. It's actually not a lot of Gemara. So we'll, we'll move through this brysa quickly and we'll stop at the top of the page. Gufa. We had just said the, uh, well, we just said a similar case. Hamudar <laughs> John's not allowed to benefit from me. We had said, So I go to the store where I have a friend. I say out loud, This guy's not allowed to benefit from me. Whatever shall we do? He's going to be hungry. Wink, wink. Can you please feed him? So what did we say about that case? We said, The storekeeper can pay John, and then he can put it on my tab. Based on what if the person has a house, leave no, a house to build, a fence to build, a field to harvest. And the guy who's a mudar hana from John, if I'm a mudar hana and I'm not allowed to help John, so I can go over to Paul and who are Haragilanetzla, who I know well. The Omer Lahen, I can say, Ishploni, my friend John, Mudar Hanami Mani, he's not allowed to benefit from me. And I don't know what to do. Again, wink, wink. So, no problem. No problem. That's all well and good. So then the, the workers can work and they send, they send the invoice to me instead of to John. No problem. They're walking on the path. There's no food um, for me to give to John because John and I, John is a mudar hana for me. He's not allowed to benefit from me. I'm going to give it to person three. I'll give it to Chaim. Chaim is the middleman. I don't have a din mudar hana from Chaim. I give it to Chaim. And then as a, as a matana, and then <laughs> Chaim can do with it whatever he wants and even give it to John. Then uh, if it's just me and John and he's mudar hana, he's not allowed to benefit from me. I can just put it down on a rock. Oh, on the top of a fence. And I can be mafkirit. And then forbids these cases. Why are these uh, cases <laughs> in particular not allowed? Because Amar Rava, my time at the Rav Yossi, why was he restrictive in these cases? Because these cases are loopholes that can lead to a problem. How did this work out? Gzeira Mishum Maisa de Beischoron. Something happened in the Maisa of Beischoron, and Rashi cryptically only refers to the Gemara Nadarim Beparakashutfin, and the story is over there. The story was that Rav Yochanan uh, was estranged from his father. There's some type of Mudar Hana, and he wanted his father to come to the wedding. So the Mudar Hanam means that if Rav Yochanan owns all of the items at the wedding, if he paid for the dinner, 
So then his father can't be Mudurhanu. So he said to his friend, all of these are yours, do with them as you see fit, because I want my father to come. So he said, okay, I'm donating everything to the base of Mikdash. And he says, oh, he said, oh hold on one second. I, that's not what I wanted. I wanted you to do. So then is that really a matan? Is that really the real deal? So because these are all ruses to just get the guy to be, I'm putting it on the rock, I'm being mafgir, all of them are like loopholes. So therefore it's risky and dangerous and we don't do that. We'll pick up Amir Sashem tomorrow night with a blot and a half, wishing you all a beautiful night.